0: okay so how you all doing today this is going to be season one episode 13 of the raw podcast and i want to start this podcast off by saying i hope everyone it has had a fantastic day it is now nighttime sometime around ten thirty-seven p.m yes of course i am driving because i do some of my best work when i'm driving you understand okay so the last podcast was basically about women making healthy utero choices in regards to who they choose to procreate with and basically who they choose to sleep with. Now, we know we can't control anybody. That is not our job to come into this life and try to control people's choices that habits or anything like that but it is always a good idea to spread useful information and just try to make your community better by doing your part and i feel like this is a part of doing my part please forgive all the turn signal signs and everything like that like i said i am driving okay so um yeah I think the best way to handle this podcast is to be a follow-up and go a little bit more in depth about abstinence because I believe I did touch on it on the last episode however okay however um, I believe I explored it more from the point of view of somebody else's experience because I was talking about somebody that I hang out with and I was sh- I was sharing my information based on her experience and what i felt about that experience now i'm going to talk about abstinence from my experience and my point of view and just give a detailed you know what i mean like a detailed explanation about why i feel like abstinence is important to your spiritual health not even just your physical health and how you can kind of navigate through it without feeling like oh my god i want to give up right okay so when we're talking about abstinence, let's first define what abstinence is, okay? And just to let y'all know again, I do all of my podcasts off the cuff. So far, there have not been any notes because like I said, I do my podcast when I'm driving. I don't know what that's about, but it just, for me, when I'm driving, I think clear. I think about my life. I think about things that I've been through, and it's just easier for me that way. Abstinence, um, pretty much is when you withhold right when you with when you withhold you it's a discipline that you withhold yourself from something that is pleasurable or that you find comfort in, right so if somebody is fasting they could be fasting for 30 days 30 nights two days two nights they could do intermittent fasting basically they are abstaining from eating foods it could be for whatever reason and right eating is pleasurable for all of us right because our bodies need to eat to survive to live so i think it is safe to say that abstaining from eating food would uh for whatever reason um could be uncomfortable and abstaining is the art or discipline of restraining yourself or restricting yourself from something that you find comfortable or pleasurable but we're not talking about food abstinence we're not talking about That we are talking about sexual abstinence right which is um, one of the most common forms of abstaining so in line with the definition of abstinence in order for someone to be abstaining from sex that just means that for whatever the reason they are choosing not to have sex now here's the tricky part about that There are different reasons why a person would choose not to have sex or to have sex, right? A person can choose not to have sex because maybe they, you know what I mean, they could have an incurable disease and they would just rather just forego sex altogether. It could be that, you know, it's a part of their religion. For some people, it's for discipline and clarity. I want to touch on that last bit for the majority of the remainder of this podcast because it speaks more in alignment with my journey i was raised christian right and so as we get older and we begin to walk this life the things that we're raised on we begin to have questions about right we don't necessarily have all of the certainty right And I really hope y'all can hear me because I know there's a lot of interference because I'm driving. So I'm trying not to go too fast because I want you guys to be able to hear what I'm saying. Growing up Christian, it has a very clear passage about abstaining from sex until you're married, right? And of course, a lot of people don't do this for whatever reason. I am not here to be judge and jury. I really honestly don't care. That's not my business. But this podcast is for the ladies who choosing abstinence and maybe they're struggling in their minds about whether they should stop abstaining or whether they should continue on their path and hopefully give a little bit of motivation about how to continue. So the latter as far as the spiritual reasons are mine. Though I still identify as a Christian woman right even though I've had a child or whatever and I've clearly had sex before marriage I still identify as Christian Um, but for me, it was more so, I don't want to say forced abstinence, but it was more so about like not meeting the right guy, wanting to meet the right guy, and then wanting to be able to see clearly, right? But after a while into my journey, it became less about wanting to meet the right guy and more about not wanting to cloud my spiritual space. So, of course, I always talk about my fitness journey, how I've lost between 50 and 60 pounds. And I am still on my weight loss journey. But now it's more so about bodybuilding and strength training. That is a discipline. And a lot of people who think about fitness, they just think about, oh, you just want to look good and yada, yada, yada. But there's a lot of education and fitness okay those people that you see on Instagram who talk about all the famous celebrities that they've helped get into shape those are extremely intelligent people they've had to study for years get various certifications and they have an understanding of the body and the way that the body works as far as muscles and cells and macronutrients and micronutrients and metabolism they have an understanding that most people right don't have or don't execute in their daily lives whether they have it or not. That's why they get paid the big bucks because they're able to modify the body in ways that typical people can't or won't or choose not to do, right? When it comes to abstinence, that is another form of discipline because when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, sex is on that list. So the way that Maslow's hierarchy of needs works Basically, he's saying that in order for you to be at optimal functionability, right, as a human, and I don't know if functionability is a word, I don't care, we're using it, I'm making it up, let's coin it, let's get this cash, right? In order for a person to be at optimal function, there are certain things that they need to first create a level of homeostasis that, that they can go out and do above and beyond. The first thing, water, food, shelter, right? want to work you get off work you're tired you're dirty first thing you want to do is go home that's shelter you need a place, a, a place in place right for you to go to where you can clean your body where you can grab a bite to eat and get you back in balance Maslow is pretty much saying if you don't have these things first everything else you do will be out of whack and we have seen this when you know when you get hangry you didn't been somewhere all day you haven't eaten you haven't bathed, so you're dirty, you're hungry, and you just mean. And then you think about it like, man, I've been out all day and I haven't showered and I haven't eaten. Let me get something to eat, right? And then once you get something to eat, then you notice your attitude has improved dramatically, right? That's what we're talking about. Maslow had it absolutely correct in that regard. Now. The way that he categorizes these needs is on a wrong ladder, right? So your food, your water, your shelter, that's the very first thing. Then he goes into emotional support. Then he talks about sex, all right? Now... of a certain age around the 30s and 40s sex becomes a very high demand and if we're looking at this from a biological standpoint we understand that this need goes up because right this is the optimal time for a woman to become a mother so your body is just pushing out all these hormones that are signaling to you that you need to procreate how do we procreate i.e. sex right now so we got a couple of things that's that's working right now. We got the biological factor, and then we just have the 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 spiritual aspect of it, and just the all-in-out all all-in-out all need, right, to have sex. So you're horny, you know, you want to have sex. And you have chosen this path to abstain. So that means something that would normally be comfortable for you, i.e. having sex. That could be with a monogamous partner or that could be with you know somebody that you meet and you both mutually agree that this is something that you want to do. And you're choosing for whatever reason not to. Now, here's where my experience comes into play. Like I said, I wasn't meeting the right guys and I thought that if I bargained with God that if I would not have sex right... And I'm not a prude when it comes to sex, but for the most part, it just would have to be like a dire need. Like, I'm just like, oh, I need to have sex, right? For me to go out and just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to meet somebody and have sex with them and, you know, going about and then continue abstaining or whatever. But I noticed um, that the guys that I was meeting, and I wasn't sleeping with them, but the guys that I was meeting was like, oh, like... I had just come off what I call a binge, and that's where you go for a long period without having sex, and then you meet somebody, and you know you have a casual sexual encounter. You don't expect anything from them. You probably don't even want anything from them, but it's just like you just needed to release whatever. But that final time, right, the time that I did it or whatever, uh, me and the guy we talked for a bit, but he was younger than I, and I knew that he wasn't in the same space and. I did an orgasm, okay, and we're gonna keep this podcast all the way 100. Like I'm not here to fake, you know what I'm saying? I'm here to do my work, whatever you know what I'm saying. Whatever I feel like is going to sustain and substantiate people on the spiritual level. That's what I'm here to do. I did not orgasm, so I was like, first of all, this guy in the long run is not gonna be somebody that I'm serious about, right? His age, he was younger than me, and I'm already young, so you know he was young. Um. And then the fact is He's not somebody that I'm thinking about That I can introduce to my daughter None of that This is just, you know You know, it is what it is And then on top of all of that He came, I didn't come So it's like, what's the I did all this huffing and puffing What was the point, right? So I was like, after that you know, when I would go out, I would like literally when I would say I wouldn't meet anybody, I wouldn't meet anybody that I would even remotely consider going to bed with. So I'm like, it's already been months at this point. It doesn't make sense to break a fast, right? If you're already going month, month strong. And you just like, you kind of forced into it, right? Because I didn't meet anybody that I would want to lay down with anyway. So it was like, I'm already been abstinence, you know what I'm saying? So let's just keep it going. And that's when I started bargaining with God, okay, like I've already been abstinence. I'll continue to be abstinence until I meet the guy that's going to be my husband, whatever, whatever, whatever. The deeper I got into my abstinence journey, though, what I began to notice is... I can start to see people for who they were, right? If you tell a guy no, like he take you on a date, right? Some guys feel like if they take you on a date that they automatically deserve to sleep with you. And we all know that this is false. But if they take you on a date, I would notice, you know what I'm saying? Like that conversation would come up and I'm not interested. And some guys just flat out, they, it's just... The way they handled the situation was all wrong, you know what I mean? And they came in off the muscle, like, wanted to get it popping. And I'm just looking like, you don't know my last name. You don't know my favorite color. You don't know what interests me. You don't know what I'm going to be doing in my life in five years. You didn't ask me what my five-year plan was. You didn't inquire about my motherhood. You didn't inquire about my dreams. You didn't ask me to ask you about yours. And it, it just became like, I'm over it. And it became more defined to me spiritually that I understood it's getting in the way. Like sex, if I were to lay down with these men, I understood that spiritually it would take away from what I could see see a lot of times and what I notice is a lot of times when I would talk to these guys right because I'm not having sex with them so they the only thing they can really come to me for is conversation and then when they figure out I'm about what I'm talking about then the conversation is like it changes I would be talking to these guys and I would notice over time when they realize okay maybe she is serious they would go about trying to get sex a different way and I'm very upfront. I let them know, hey, I'm abstinent. You have the right to go and have sex with whoever you want to. We are just talking. We are not exclusive, and I let that also be known. That's one of the greatest things about exclusivity, as far as abstinence and making your your stance known. When you're not abstinent, when you're abstinent, you're not. Obligated to be exclusive with anyone so as you get to know them you can really get to know them and see what their true colors are Tell a man that he can go and have sex with any woman that he wants to while he continues to still get to know you And I promise you he's either going to continue to pressure you for sex. He's going to either Disappear or he's a man that already has you know his own moral standards and he came in the game not looking for that and He wants to get to know you anyway But I promise you eight times out of ten the guy is going to come out with a in what he feels is an inventive way to get it, right? Most of the times, ladies, peel your eyes back. If you're abstinent, right, even for just some months, you will begin to see some of these patterns that I'm talking about. Guys will literally bait you to make you believe that you're their girlfriend or you're someone who they have exclusively that they're making you a priority so that they can get sex and then i almost can promise you once they get it they'll either ghost you or you'll notice their behavior start to change because guess what they were never in it for you in the first place they were in it to get what they could because you know what like back in the old days when it was time for sex and you were with this person and y'all already have been boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever the case is for a long amount of time it's something that will happen very organically and it would be very um, evident to see right that it is a mutually you know what I'm saying agreed upon action that's about to take place and you both go into it and nothing changes You don't get this, all of a sudden they ghosting you. You don't get this, now they lack in treating you as a priority. You don't get this, oh well... You know, this distancing that you see with guys who were never in it to begin with. They just wanted the sex and they wanted to make you believe that you're their girlfriend so that they can get what they want. That's a trick. Ladies, I'm telling you, if you are absent long enough, these are the type of tricks that you will see. And I'm giving you the game right now. Do not listen to what they tell you. Their actions will show you. Date a guy for a few months without giving him sex. See if he's buying you gifts. See if he's introducing you to the people that he cares about most. See if he's having those late night phone conversations with you. See if he's giving you compliments as opposed to insulting you and taking little digs at you. Right? the, The most recent guy that I was dealing with, I only dealt with him for like a week because... It was just things that I could see. First of all, we went out somewhere, didn't buy my drinks. I'm just looking like and the drink, the drinks were really cheap. So I was just like, oh my God. So he's one of those. He made all type of excuses why he couldn't follow me to the freeway to make sure that I got to the freeway safely um This guy lives at home with his mom. That's really the first red flag. Like, I just feel like at a certain age, like, get it together. I know we in a pandemic, but I'm tired of hearing it. We I've already had a podcast, two podcasts ago, about this very thing. So it's really not no need to elaborate or go in on that. Like, it is what it is. He wasn't together, but you know, they always want to call somebody gold digger. So you know, you try to give him a little bit of a chance, but not this, that, and the third. So. I just noticed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use this, and I'm gonna wrap it up because I have to go to the gym, and it's already late, and I've already missed a significant amount of time because I'm coming like literally straight out of work, and so you know what I mean. So it's just it would behoove me to to go ahead and get started or whatever. But okay, so I did make a, a podcast about this in relation to the situation. Um however i'm gonna elaborate now this guy um we're gonna call him rasta because he was going walk around looking like a pseudo rastafarian so we're gonna give him his just do his name is rasta okay and rasta is a 35 year old man who takes odds and ends jobs he's a cancer and i won't lie and say that he's not sweet right because he he's, he was he was sweet like as far as the things that he was saying, but... Looking at, the totality, sorry. Looking at the totality of the whole man, he's not. he was not it. So let me just tell you this story real quick and then I'm going to let you make your own decision as far as why you why you can analyze for yourself what decision that you want to make. And believe you me, like I said, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. You have the right to have sex or not have sex. The consequences, negative or positive, is on you because we're all grown and we can make the decision. This person, Rasta, 35 years old, works Oz in Ozzie and Still lives at home with his mother for whatever the reason, never got into that, didn't I really didn't care to be honest. I just knew that for me it wouldn't be something long term because when I asked him about what are the steps that he's taking right to no longer live with his mom, he really didn't have a clear answer. So it was really never a need for me to investigate further. But I did want to just see if his behaviors were something that were tolerable and maybe just watch, because I like to watch. And that's another thing about abstinence. It gives you the opportunity to, from afar, watch somebody's actions and behaviors and how not only they go about their own life, but how they treat you in regards to your decision. I noticed that when I told him that I was abstinent, I walked up the stairs y'all, that's a damn shame that I'm so winded. I noticed when I said this, every conversation after the fact was geared towards sex. And I didn't, at first I'm like, okay, well, maybe this guy you know what I mean you know maybe it's just a situation where he hasn't had any for a while and y'all forgive me because like I said I'm doing other things but maybe it's a situation where he hasn't had any for a while he just likes to talk about it but pay attention to like I say all of these things because all of these things will tell you a lot about a person all of these little nuances and things like that that are going on, that would tell you a lot about a person. He kept bringing it up. And when I say he kept bringing it up, I mean he literally kept bringing the situation in regards to sex up, okay? It was, you know, saying stuff like, well, if you come over... Um, you know, we can lay down next to each other and pretty much I would be nude. I don't understand a scenario if you're trying to get get to know somebody for who they are with which you would have to be nude. I have never in my life understood why, (laughs) you know what I mean? Why I would have to be nude in order for us to get to know each other. So that was, that was, that was something. But, you know, we ended up getting into it about something. He was trying to argue me down about words. Here's the thing about me. My mama has been reading to me since I was a little girl. There are very few words, big or small, that I don't know the meaning to. And I'll tell you something. If I don't know the meaning to them, I'm, I'm a Googler and a dictionary-toting female. I'm going to look it up ex- expeditiously in T.I.'s words. I'm going to look it up expeditiously because I don't like not knowing things, but I'm also not too ashamed to say I don't know. I don't like ignorance. So... Of course, he was wrong about the words. I told him, I said, you don't take my word for it. Go to Google. Like, you know, ne- I made sure to tell him, you don't ever in your life have to be afraid when it comes to me to go fact check. I said, if anybody ever tells you anything, it should be your first mind to go on fact check. So we got off the phone and I was like, this guy's retarded. So that was the first thing that really, I, that really just like, I was like, ugh, like I can't. The thing was, I blocked him and then he texted me from, I didn't know at the time he had another phone. And really, that was a second red flag because it should have been like, well, girl, you are already blocked him and he's still trying to keep it going. And in my head, it wasn't really a bad situation. Like we didn't end the phone call yelling or cussing at each other. So I'm like, OK, I'm going to try this one more time. OK, so basically. He texts me this long message saying, you know, he was sorry and we would always respect each other and this, that, and the third. And now that I'm looking back on it, it's just like, yeah, it was an apology, true enough. But I just believe the reality was this guy probably felt like I didn't get to sleep with her yet. In his mind, he still thinks it's a game. He had to have because the following encounter lets me leads me to know and believe that this guy, he wasn't really serious. He probably thought that if he gave me a couple of late night phone conversations, which by the way, he would never let me get off the phone when I wanted. He wanted to stay up for hours on the phone. And I'm telling him, I have to get up and go do things. And then the guy still wants to, you know, wants me to come and see him. That's another thing. A guy that always wants you to come and see them, no matter if it's out or at their house, be very cognizant of that. Like a guy is supposed to put in work for you. He's not supposed to make you do do all the work as far as he's not the prize. You are the prize. Like that's the reality. So I already wasn't feeling that, and so, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna go see him or whatever. And he was like, you know, I just want to hold you, this that, and the third. Now, listen, when you asking this, when you asking it, let's not act like you still don't have a physical need to be touched. Like human interaction, I'm pretty sure that's on the list of Mas- Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And even if it's not, the reality is. As humans, we need to be touched. You ever seen them studies done by children who have never had human interaction? They're like feral children. And I feel so bad because humans, we all need to feel that love and affection. But you see that all the time as far as feral children and they don't have any human interaction and what that does to them. the study that they did on the monkey. Also, y'all, my degree is in uh, psychology. I graduated from UHD with a, with a degree in, sci- in clinical psychology. Uh, cum laude so y'all I'm heavily into some of these studies and all that knick-knack whatever but they did one on the monkey and it's just um it's quite devastating what happened so let's not sit here and act like abstinence means that you don't want to be touched you don't want to be held, you don't want to be caressed you know so I'm thinking you know we would just lay watch tv talk you know what I mean I didn't think it was gonna be a situation right where um you know First of all, I was really offended. He lived with his mom. So I really honestly thought he would have more respect. This guy literally was putting his penis on me. Like, he was fully clothed. And first of all, we kissed. One of the nights that I met up with him, after work, we were supposed to go out. And, you know, he kissed me. I did not initiate this kiss. Like he kissed me. I'm not a big fan of kissing, guys. I'm just not. When you, when you go to the dentist on a regular basis and they tell you about, you know, all the ways to keep your mouth clean and the hygiene, you start to realize a lot of people is not doing that and when you realize that it's like oh, i just don't like i mean i listen i love to kiss if it's with a good kisser like if i have a lot of chemistry with the guy like the guy the last guy i told y'all about now he was no good either but when i tell you that man can kiss you and make you feel like the earth literally stops spinning and that you are floating 10 layers above your own stratosphere that's that i think like i told you i've been abstinence for a while so i didn't get to have sex with him either but um, I'm telling you right now with somebody that kisses like that, they can, they can tempt you. There were a lot of nights that I, that I was tempted with him and it took a lot of prayer and God did bring me through that situation because otherwise I would have slept with him and I would be distracted this very day because he wasn't the one, you know, that's what dating is. You go through and you find out who's it and who ain't it. Right. So, um, yeah. So basically You know, I know what a good kiss is. And when I say I could kiss that man all day and I wouldn't feel no ways, like I just wanted to be around him. I just wanted to absorb his essence. He was one of the worst guys, but sometimes you can have a soul connection with someone and... You don't even realize it's really to teach you something about your own broken spirit. And that's why I say abstinence is a good way to go, because if your spirit is broken and you're in the midst of healing, while you're healing what you don't know is subconsciously, you're going to be attracting the very broken people um, that are like you. Right. Because like attracts like. So you're going to be attracting some broken people along the way, not because you're a bad person, but because you're broken and you're trying to heal. And those wounds while you're trying to heal are now going to be exposed right because you can't clean you can't clean a wound if you got a band-aid on it right the band-aid is the attitude that we carry around every day trying to make it seem like everything is okay and we're normal and we're functioning and we're not and then you go to therapy and you realize yeah I've been needed this therapy years ago child but um yeah but like I said physically you know If I was just, if I just said F F my spiritual healing, right, it would have been a wham bam and a thank you man, but it would have been a doggone good one because like I said, he was a great kisser. This guy Rasta that I'm telling y'all about, man, we was in the car and we had came out the little uh, hole in the wall or whatever and he kissed me and I was like, oh, he, the thing was he don't got bad teeth or bad breath or nothing like that. Just, it was just wet. It was sticky. I was like, what the hell? And so, like I said, I was trying to give him another opportunity to redeem himself after our little falling out. Because I was like, well, maybe he's a persistent guy. He called me from another number or from another phone he got. And he apologized. So, maybe I don't want to be that chick. You know what I'm saying? Walking around like, oh, well, you know. So, I did want to take that opportunity to forgive him and let him try again. But when I got to his house, his apartment with his mama, and he first of all he started off wrong he wanted to start kissing and a lot of guys know that in order to get a woman aroused they um they start kissing them because that that turns things up now mind you this is somebody i've already told is abs that i'm abstinent and then you ain't take you ain't you haven't taken me out on any dates You haven't done anything even that would warrant a kiss at all. But yeah, you asking for a kiss and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Y'all, I'm at an age now where I can't fake certain things. And I can't fake my level of attraction to somebody. If I'm not feeling it, if I'm not feeling it, I'm just not feeling it. That's bottom line. And yes, I grew up in acting and I still act to this very day. I still do stage plays to this very day. But I'm telling you right now, there will never be enough money in the world to make me in my personal life, right? Kiss somebody or be intimate with somebody who um I just don't feel in that way. Life is too short and I don't have any time to waste with somebody that is not gonna be long term. All right. So, first of all, the first kiss that we had initially, when when we when I first came to see him, now mind you this is all taking place with over a span like two weeks. When I first kissed him, I was like, Ugh. like I just was like, oh my god, at thirty yeah. Yeah. five. Mm. But, um, and I just feel like kissing is one of those things you either have with the person or you don't. There is not no way to me, not that I've seen in my life, to where you can improve upon the chemistry you have when you kiss somebody. Either they kiss to your liking or not. And so when he told me that he only ever had two real serious girlfriends, at first I was like, I know it is the line. At 35, you've had at least five, six, seven, eight serious relationships. Now... Reviewing them, them the horrible, wet, nasty kisses. I honestly, a hundred percent, in my, in my life, I really do truly believe there was only two women who would even be willing to put up with that. And he doesn't have any children at thirty-five, so that was another thing I said. Mm, that explains a lot. Ain't nobody gonna let you lay on top of them kissing and slobbering all over their mouth and all over their face. And you a terrible kid. Didn't Usher make a song, of "Good Kid," like look. Now, the buck stops here. And at a certain age, it's just time to all better off. You don't have to be disrespectful, but it is time to tell these guys the truth. First of all, on more than one occasion, he would take these digs at my body. Like I said, I've lost about 50 or 60 pounds. And so I guess now I'm starting to look, quote unquote, what you would call skinny, even though I don't see I don't. Some people look at me and say, you know, am you thick? But I'm guessing now it's more like a slim, thick type of situation because I'm in a very weird body phase right now. Some women, they are not visibly thick. They're not visibly thin. They are like in between thin and thick. That's like a real thing. And it's a very, I don't want to say disheartening place to be because, but in a way it is because you can't really even place like what your size is. Like I know my size, but it's like, I'm not skinny. I'm also not thick. But there are certain parts of me that are thick. Like the lower half of me is really thick. But, you know, with the age of the fake booties and all that stuff like that, what once was considered full voluptuous is no longer. Now it's just like, if you don't have this big, large cartoon booty, then you're not considered voluptuous or whatever. And anyway, who cares? Because last time I checked, when I was looking to lose weight, I knew for a fact that you don't get to control where you lose the weight from, which thanks thanks to God, I still have my hips and my booty and everything like that. But like I said, it's not exaggerated. And when I was thicker... 50 60 pounds heavier obviously things are going to be bigger so i've lost weight all over so i am a a nice you know i have a good frame it's muscular but slim and thick it's all at the same time it's just that's the space i'm in until i become lean then when i'm lean people probably more definitive definitively can just say okay that's skinny whatever which i'm fine with that First of all, this guy roster is about 6'5". And I don't know if I said that. That's too tall even for me. I do like a good tall man. I don't know anybody who who doesn't. But I'm 4'11". Okay? I don't want you to just be just towering over me like Shaq. I promise you when he came to meet me downstairs, I, I kid you not, I look like a little girl. I look like a little girl standing next to him. Now, if you 6'1", that's like, oh, that's cute. That guy, that's cute. They look like a handsome couple. That's real cute. Anything over 6'1 with me, I've learned after this experience, it's not going to work. I'm saying that right now. It's not going to work because you are simply too tall even for me. And that's saying a lot because my uh, child's father, before he was murdered, um, was 6'2". Right. So if you 6'2, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm all in with that. I'm good with that. You know what I'm saying? That's a good, that's 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 good. But six five is just it's a lot. So the guy was tall, and I was like, oh, oh my God. And he's tall, he's very, very uh like lanky. And I noticed that those type of guys typically like women who are Um, on the thicker side of things, right? They like their women thicker. There is absolutely, positively nothing wrong with liking a thicker woman. However, you knew what I looked like when you met me. Right? Like that, that doesn't need to be said. You knew what I looked like when you met me. While we were laying down in his bed watching TV, right, and he was trying to put his disgusting lips on me, um, he would make little comments talking about, yeah, you know, people were saying how, I, because I met him at work, and people were saying, you know, how big your booty is, but your booty isn't even really all that big. And I was like, okay, like, oh, what am I, what am, like, I'm sitting here like, what am I supposed to do with this information, my booty isn't all that big. So now what what I'm sitting over here like... My booty isn't all that big. So now, Sway... <laughs> that we got this information that don't mean a damn thing to nobody. Now what are we gonna do? I was... You know... The thing is, people talk about fat shaming. But we gotta talk about skinny shaming too. Or little bitty body shaming. And, you know, these guys will think it's okay to shame you or to make you feel bad, right? About your size, about your physique, or whatever the case is. And it's like, um, hmm, like you're doing the absolute most. So I already was uncomfortable because he was saying these things and not even necessarily uncomfortable, but I just didn't like it. And I was just like, well, Whatever. I was like, if you want a thicker woman, this is why I told him, if you want a thicker woman, I don't understand why you just don't just go get a thicker woman. Why are you in my face? And he was like, no, I'm just playing this, that and the third. And um, I don't really mean that you're beautiful, this, that and the third, just the way you are. Yada, 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 yada. It was all BS because he had been caught. You know what I mean? He had been caught. So in, in in that regard, it was just like, I'm already off it. And then to make matters doubly worse, the guy kept trying to kiss on me. And like I've already said, that was just plain, flat out torture to my spirit. Now, let's think about this and bring this back to abstinence, right? You're, you're with a guy physically You're in a situation to where you've been deprived of something that your body biologically probably needs. But if you're somebody that just jumps right in, you know what I mean? With somebody and you wake up and you have to relive that experience and then... You have to go over in your head all of what this person has going on. Let's review the facts, shall we? Lives with mom. Doesn't have a suitable, stable job. Isn't in any immediate rush to change their life. Doesn't have any future plans that would substantiate a long-standing future. So, if I slept with this guy, think about it. Honestly, like, just think about it. What did I gain from that? Like, if I'm being... All the way 100. Like if I'm being all the way real. What do I gain. By giving you my vagina. It seems to me. He was the one that was gaining. Everything. Okay. And I'm going to try to hurry up and get through this. Because like I said I'm on my way to the gym. I'm already running late. And I want to get this out of the way. And bring this point on home. Because when we're talking about. Spiritual abstinence. We're talking about listen when you're losing weight and you're you know defining your career and you're trying all these new things you're getting solidified and you know your parenting or whatever you got going on and you know like i it's not back then when i would do abstinence it was more so about god it wasn't about my own personal spiritual journey and that's what i mean people have to really 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 put into perspective what they want out of this thing and if you're doing it for your own spiritual reasons, oh, I promise you, it's a whole lot different than, different than saying, oh, God, I'm going to be abstinent and trying to make God proud. And then you wonder how you wake up with your panties over your head and two empty liquor bottles or whatever. I don't know, whatever they show on these rom coms, sitcoms, whatever. You know what I mean? Because the, the reason you did it wasn't 100% intrinsic. It was to please a, a deity that you can't see, that you don't always feel. And so it's existential. You got to be doing this for you. You got to be like, man, I don't care how horny I get. Like spiritually, I need to be able to see these people clearly. And not only that, I need to be able to read the room. It's a whole whole lot easier to get attached to a guy spiritually when you're having sex with him than when you're choosing not to. Because when you're having sex and the sex is good, then I can get, I almost can bet you my last dollar on it. That you're more apt to deal with all the things that I told you were red flags because you're getting good sex and you feel like, Okay, it's immediate gratification. I prefer delayed gratification weight loss has taught me that so when people talking about fitness and they're talking about it just in terms of looks you can refer to this podcast and say oh no honey this is very much spiritual and if you can delay eating that box of pizza picking up that ice cream at 12 a.m if you can choose to delay and say you know i'm gonna wait till saturday on my cheat day you are a whole hell of a lot more disciplined than somebody who has to have it right now i don't like being around people who who succumb to immediate gratification they don't have any discipline I want a well-disciplined person around me. So, first of all, you're kissing on me, and I'm talking about like I told you. I'm a good actress when you put me on stage, but I'm not finna act in my real life. I don't get paid to do that, so I'ma keep it all the way a buck. I'm literally turning my face away from this guy. And he was like, you're acting like you don't wanna kiss me. I wanted to say a lie, this ain't no damn act. I Don't want your your lips on me. I don't like it. It's very few people that I kiss It's like I just you know, and I've always been told my whole life. I have very beautiful lips very full lips Why why do I want to go around kissing on you like oh? I just even when I think about that experience like I'm cringing like oh the fact that this guy got to put his lips on me at all so he keeps trying to kiss on me this that and the third He's putting his genitalia on me. Like he's holding me and he's like pressing up against me. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I just told him straight out. I told him, listen to me, player. Stop putting your genitalia on me. I don't like that. We just met a couple of weeks ago. I don't like that. And he was like, oh, ain't nobody doing nothing. I'm not trying to do nothing. I'm just trying to adjust myself. It was just a whole bunch of nonsense. I was over it. So the last straw was, I wear a hair wrap on my hair, but I'm natural, right? But I still do my baby hairs. And so when I put my little hair scarf on, you can still see some of my baby hairs or whatever. He did something that reminded me of something emotionally abusive that an ex did. And that was, he was making taking jabs at my hair. First he you know, would send texts and tell me how much he likes my hair. But all of a sudden he was like, oh, you know, you got naps or whatever. And he was like, oh, I'm just joking. Listen to me, ladies. If a man insults you and then tries to mask it under he's joking, you need to run from that man. That's not a man for you. That's not a man for nobody. He's not even a man for himself. Because a man that really likes you, that really cares about you, I can tell you and I can promise you one thing for sure. He's never going to do anything that's going to insult you or haphazardly hurt your feelings for the sake of telling, quote unquote, a joke. Because he's not going to want to accidentally hurt you because he cares about you. When he said that, I didn't say nothing. I said, I didn't say anything. After that, I started putting on my shoes. I'm quiet, I'm putting on my shoes. And he was like, what's going on? I was like, that's when I spoke. And I told him, I said, I'm leaving. I was like, I'm really done with this situation. And he was like, all it is because I said, he was talking, I'm meanwhile, I put on my shoes, cause we were laying down, right? But my clo- everything, my clothes, everything is on. And I just put on my shoes, and I was like, okay, I need to find my keys. Made sure my keys was in my purse. He follows me out, but he didn't follow me to the car. What I noticed was when I was putting my things inside of my purse, he was like, okay, fine, then bye. Could you imagine if I had sex with this guy and he made and he made a backhanded statement like that? How cheap I would have felt, and for somebody to try and dismiss you after they already see that you're leaving? Could you imagine how hurt I would have felt? Ladies, it's not worth it. If you're choosing abstinence for you, choose it for you. And know that it's about seeing your journey clearly, whatever that is, whether you're choosing to do it until you find a husband or until you just meet a god that genuinely loves you and you can feel that love through and through. I promise you, if you do it for any other reason, you will fail. It's inevitable. You will fail. And I'm not trying to speak ill on nobody's journey, but I'm just telling you what I know you will fail. Because I know because it happened to me. I wasn't clear about why I wanted to be abstinent. And the moment I became clear, there's there, there was not no going back. Even laying next to somebody, which would probably normally be hard for somebody else, but I guess you would have to be attracted to that person. I wasn't very attracted to him. He wasn't he wasn't very attractive guy. And um, he had these long, unkempt locks. And I'm like, oh, just cut it off. Like it just looks like a matted blanket on your head like just you're talking about naps on my scalp which by the way i have my baby hairs all cute and everything this guy is just somebody who wants to bring you down because they can see that you don't need like i I, you live with your mom there's nothing you can say about me somebody who lives and does everything on their own you know what i mean so it just was what it was. I didn't feel no way. As soon as I got my car, I blocked both of those numbers. And if he tries to get another number, I'll just keep blocking. And need be, I'll change my phone number. I'm not above that. You don't know where I live, so I don't care. Like, get out of my face. All I could think was I made this mistake before, was sleeping with somebody, and then afterwards, I felt just like complete, just terrible. Before, it was like, oh, I'm going to be abstinent until I get married. It's not even about that anymore. I'm just abstinent. Like, just straight up and down asexual at this point because I just can't take it with these guys. And when they don't respect, like, I put the gym before anything. Like, li- like literally, right now, like I told you, I'm almost, it's 11 o'clock. I'm on my way to the gym. That's where I need to be. That's where I am spiritually. And this guy was talking about, oh, I can come to the gym with you. So, first of all, you're too cheap to buy me a drink. You was too cheap to pay for me to get in the venue. And now you want to come to the gym to monitor what I'm doing on my membership and you don't have to pay? Like, not only do you live with your mammy, you just want a mammy all the way around. I don't understand how you could have confused. Like, ladies and gentlemen, listen. Again, if you're going to be abstinent, be very clear about why you're making that choice and just know it has to be for an intrinsic value. If it's not, I promise you, inevitably, you will end up sleeping with some dust bucket and you will regret it in the morning. And all I know is I was able to walk with my head held high because this guy was trying, I'm talking about trying to get his touch, his feel on. He was trying to pull out all the stops and I just know he kept trying to kiss me and I just almost vomited in my mouth. And I was—he was just like, "Oh, you don't want to kiss me? No, you are so disgusting spiritually to me." I don't want to touch you I don't want you to touch You are sucking my energy Just by being in the same space with me I was over it I was just done You got me over here Under the guise That we're going to watch TV And chill and talk And get to know each other But the reality is You thought you could pressure me Into the decision That was already made And that decision Before I came over here yesterday And going forward Was I'm not sleeping with anybody I'm very focused on what I want And what I need to get out of this life To be successful Ladies and gentlemen Do it for you And I know on the last podcast, I was talking about my friend and how she had this baby by this married guy, whatever the case is. The reality is those type of situations are the result of sleeping with somebody that you're not supposed to. Even if you choose to have sex, take it seriously. These guys can be sleeping with whomever and doing whatever. And you don't want to end up with something that you can't get rid of, whether you choose to wear protection or not, because a guy doesn't have any discipline. Sex is a discipline if you choose that. That's all I got, y'all. I don't even have the the energy to keep going on. But this, the abstinence thing, I have so much to say about it. It really could be a segment. So I guess we'll call this part one. And my next series, my next part, I'll go into part two. Y'all be safe. Have a great evening. I love y'all. And have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.